Hi guys, this is Hardik, and I have with me Kevin and Anupam, and we are going to discuss two tale tumre essays that we had this month assigned, uh, which is bridging the unholy rift, uh, which is an introduction to Indian communism, the unfinished book of uh, Baba Sahib Ambedkar, and the other essay we are reading is Ambedkar, Ambedkarites, uh, and Ambedkarism, which is an essay, a part of Republic of Caste essay. So I am going to give the mic over to Anupam to give his opening statements on bridging the unholy rift. Anupam, please go ahead. So I find uh, bridging the unholy rift an incredibly interesting document, not because of what it talks about, but rather because of the things it leaves. Because ultimately, it's an introduction; it's not exhaustive, right? And it starts a lot of very interesting conversations which i think that people should like it's a complicated tree and every branch of that tree i think people should investigate themselves uh, and that is why it's it's useful because it it talks about a lot of really interesting things about and i'll give a few examples so for example it tries to grapple with the hard question of whether or not ambedkar was a socialist and in very short Ambedkar was never a Marxist. Uh, he called his politics uh, something like state socialism, which is something akin to uh, like Fabian socialism or Dewey politics, which looks at uh, classes not in like fundamental contradiction the way Marxists do, but has a different conception of classes, a liberal conception of classes, where these classes are something you manage via the state hence one thing would be to use and the lazy thing to do would be to look at this and say essentially that ambedkar not being a marxist we as marxists shouldn't care about his ideas at all so this is interesting about unholy rift it goes into theory in a very incomplete manner and i'm i'm going to go into what i mean by incomplete and why i want people to do their own research so it goes into theory but then it also goes into historical events that were happening at that time and then it has tail tumdes takes on those events for any of these three things you need to do a lot of research you like for example when it goes into theoretical stuff like what did ambedkar actually believe in when it came to class or when it came to marxism you need to do a bit of your research but the essay would point you towards the correct uh direction for you to do that research so for example the essay would tell you that gail omwit another author who wrote a lot about uh, ambedkar and class and she is actually discussed in um, the other conversation you guys had with pallavi so gail omwit has a particular idea of Ambe uh, uh, ambedkar's politics where at some point ambedkar is friendly with marxists uh, Uh, during the indian labor party's period and then he becomes anti communist at a later point uh, in the late 40s and and teltumde uh, sort of hints that this is like th that it was more complex right he tries to uh, develop this distinction between what ambedkar was disagreeing with communism as a theory or as a framework and what ambedkar was disagreeing with communists as a politics or indian communists as a politics i find that interesting there are parts of it i don't agree with but i do find uh, tail tumdes nudging interesting and those are parts which i think you need to read and hence hence i would insist that people in the koshambi circle 
If you have not read this thing, please do not just rely on our conversation today to summarize it. It would be hard to do justice to it by trying to summarize it because it itself is a sort of a summary of many events, historical events that had happened and Teltumda's interpretation of them. Um, so, so uh, the example I was giving, you have on one hand this understanding of Marxism and Ambedkar's relationship with it. You also have the history of the labor movement and the history of the ILP and what Ambedkar did and didn't do. At what point was he trying to be friendly with the communists? At what point the antipathy soared to the point that uh, Ambedkar on one hand uh, was uh, dismissing the communist movement and the communist movement on the other hand was extremely almost vitriolically against Ambedkar even when it was supporting for example SCF demands uh, or it was supporting anti-caste demands within the within the Congress uh, framework uh, it was very opposed to bitterly opposed to the person of Ambedkar right and those incidents are important to investigate so the first way I would like the reader to consider this essay as a sort of a chronological list of events which happened and ideas of theory which were connected to that those events. Now, now I'll also talk a bit like this is the, my meta understanding of this essay. I also want to talk a little bit about the specifics of it. And there are certain specific parts of it. There is that whole part where Teltumde tries to build Ambedkar's relationship with Marxism, the ideology, correctly identifies that Ambedkar was never really, never a Marxist, quite openly so. Ambedkar also was probably not aware of the, uh, the sort of Marxist analysis of caste, which had already started. Marx himself had talked about caste in India and Marxists in the West had sort of started to observe caste. Uh, Teltumde also mentions that Ambedkar's conception of class was very different from the Marxist conception of class. Now, what was Ambedkar's conception of class is something that I think we need to read Ambedkar much more to understand. And, 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 uh, and Teltumde's uh, understanding is that it was pretty much influenced by British Fabian socialism, etc., etc. Then Teltumde goes into this relationship of uh, like this, this, this framing Ambedkar does uh, where he compares Marx with Buddha. I happen to know that a lot of leftists really don't like that framing and don't like that book. And I think that despite that, communists, uh, sh Marxists should read that book if only to disagree with it better, if only to like sharpen sort of our uh, our articulation of what class is, is precisely that class isn't merely a social division. Class is also a relationship with the means of production and how that works. Now, Ambedkar very importantly points out that, uh, that here is where the Marxists in India start to go astray. Uh, they start to go astray in the sense that uh, they do not at first, and, and this is a matter of record, this is not just Teltumde's own interpretation, uh, communists would agree that in the 20s, the Communist Party, uh, uh, I mean, the proto-Communist Party, I mean, we are talking of what existed after the Tashkent Declaration. I mean, 
there really was no uh, like uh, party platform till the late 30s and and even after that uh, the front for you know national democratic revolution was not like a cpi thing till till, till 1950 but like a lot of things had happened right like we can't say that just because there was no party platform we can't make any definitive uh, statements about what the communists thought or did they certainly thought and did a lot in the 20s and in the 20s itself it is very clear that uh, the communist party for its part did not consider uh, caste as something to put in its class analysis it considered very much uh, caste at that time to be a cultural artifact to be a part of the superstructure and and communists uh, communist theorists like dd koshambi whom we read a lot has absolutely correctly pointed out that this was a grave error that uh, that you shouldn't have uh, you know ignored the very material consequences of caste uh, in class and also the very material manner in which caste is maintained teltonda does touch a lot of that it touches a lot of uh the theoretical weaknesses in indian communists in the in the in the early and late 20s i would say that he is a bit um uncharitable to both the communists and to to ambedkar and ambedkarites um uncharitable in the sense that um that his focus is is a lot on the communists of uh, maharashtra and he's correct that for example sa dange was brahmanical terribly so right and the ideas that happened in this particular milieu where ambedkar was operating in ambedkar faced a lot of hostility but it's not the same in um, like the relationship of the communist movement with peasants and land is not the same all over the country in other parts of the country uh, the communists were not focusing on the very small urban industrial labor force which teltumda talks about a lot right that was a very bombay thing because at that time bombay was like called what the manchester of the east or something other left movements all over the country which and by the way remember also that like i said proto communist party not real cpi because a lot of small small communist organizations had started and they would all sort of coalesce later to make the cpi like when muzaffar ahmed uh, makes his organization in bengal that lot more association with uh, with the peasant movement and hence with the marginalized S- similarly in the south uh, while tel nani still does mention a little about the communists of the south uh and and the fact that yes they were also like immensely brahmanical but their relationship again with uh, with the land question and with the marginalized question and with the caste question was not not of the same nature as it was in western india so in that sense i would say is a slightly harsh from the communists i would also say is slightly harsh on ambedkar and the ambedkarites because and he himself points it out right that you have to also understand that post independence when we are looking at this harsh antipathy between ambedkar and the communists a large reason for that, that is electoral because they are trying to get votes from essentially the same constituency and in that area we are talking about like the maharashtrian communists and ambedkar uh, 
and hence both of them are essentially accusing the other of vote cutting and stuff like that so when you look at a lot of rhetoric coming from ambedkar at that point it's not so much as an antipathy towards communists as it is well an an electoral antipathy formed due to decades of you know rivalries and things like that so i would not uh take this essay uh, and just look at it i would i would suggest that people read this essay look at the small small historical instances which are given in it and then do a bit deeper research into what was going on at that time i do agree with the central thesis of this essay that uh, that for a long time the communist movement in india at least early 20s to the 30s had sort of ignored the caste question and when even when it acknowledged the caste question it acknowledged it on a sort of a positivist line and not not as a dialectic not not, not in the sense that you know not with the context of how deeply it is embedded with class it did do so later because we have people like koshambi who did eventually wrote prolifically on 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 caste but by that time i would say the damage had been done the sort of uh, mechanical understanding of base and superstructure we ourselves as communists often bemoan about that exists within our uh, sort of ideological conversations a, a lot of that understanding of base and superstructure actually comes from that point so i agree with the larger thesis of teltumde that a more imaginative and a more critical understanding of material reality needs to be done especially because in this time we are seeing um as teltumde i think mentions in his essay that we are seeing the protective forces um, and the nature of capitalism sort of adapting very ferociously to current conditions we have also seen that fight of a lot of people who had sort of a historically deterministic attitude towards caste uh, caste has only morphed and sort of accommodated itself with this new form of capitalism this new form of capitalism has actually allowed uh, caste formations to shed their obscurantist nonsense and to become even more ruthlessly economical in their outlook so that is one thing i i agree with teltumde i also sort of agree with him in the sense that in the in the larger sense that 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 marx and marxism itself has always warned against the sort of positivist determinism that sometimes communists fall into like engels has repeatedly mentioned that uh, you know that uh, you cannot sort of look at what happened in western europe and sort of say that this this is the way it would happen everywhere and no it was just a question of the political economy marx and engels mentioned multiple times in the 18 brumer in, in, in even even in like you know basic basic text like critic of the gotha program etc that your uh, your uh, your outlook towards the state has to have a class analysis and your outlook towards the class analysis needs to be dialectic and it it needs to have a historical materialist context and i think that, i mean of course every communist knows this so it's it's not tale to be lecturing them because it might feel feel that way like if you read it there is this tone which comes out in which teltumde might seem a bit harsh to the people he's talking about but i think it's a point which is important and it should be taken charitably which is why i think that it is useful for marxists and communists and perhaps ambedkarites 
both to read this i also do fervently agree with the central theme that in order for us to really annihilate class in india we will have to also simultaneously annihilate caste there is really no two way about it communists understand this and to get a good historical summary is only useful so those are my views about this introduction of uh, by tail to um yeah going into specifics now i i don't think we can uh, like you said we can really go into yeah, everything that really he go goes into so yeah so i there were a few points that i noted down while reading it which i thought would be interesting to discuss uh one of them was he mentions uh emin roy's theory about how india had matured capitalism through yes. contact yes. with an imperialist power yes. Uh, yes. and how untrue that came out to be yes uh, but do, do you think that that is something that communists still struggle no, with uh, no, and- no 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 i i don't think that uh, for all their flaws and indian communists have had like large flaws when it, when it comes to ideology as opposed to organization indian communists have been excellent at organizing in the past that particular problem was not really there a lot because um even as early as the late 1920s mn roy's thesis had been like massively repudiated um repudiated to the point that i think mn roy was expelled from the party and not not because of his thesis because of many other things but also that thesis uh, indian transition and uh, from what i remember there was like a separate camp of communists called royists who were uh, still of that opinion so this that opinion that you know that that we that we don't need to worry about feudalism at all etc that is not something that i think indian uh, communists uh, indian leftists really think um it, the understanding of the political economy has at least over the last decade or so become very sophisticated like in the post like you know we had the uh, like world systems and delinking theory and all that but now like you have very interesting new theories coming up like you have the work of jairus banerji etc which do visit which do revisit that question and ask that what was the nature of capitalism in india when it came into contact with the west and and how does that like you know what was it was india feudal or was india proto capitalist or what was india and the understanding that exists now among uh, political economists who are of a marxian bent is a lot more sophisticated than it was in the 20s having said that having said that i would like like to caution the people who are listening to this who are marxists that if you are new to political economy it, it makes sense to like read wide and deep both right like uh there is a lot more to read now like if you are going to be reading like marxist theories of imperialism uh, which we in caution we went over in 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 july i believe anthony brewer's book where he summarizes like eight ten separate marxist theories of imperialism and he talks about the newest ones and how like you know how rapidly these theories are advancing and and how like their debates operate there is a lot to read so if somebody is new to political economy and i certainly am i'm i'm like absolutely an amateur when it comes to political economy and and these things like the uh, economic history of colonial india i think there is a lot to read and hence 
people should not you know like read shallowly and satisfy themselves uh, trying to understand that part of indian history is extremely important so that yes i would say that if you are a new communist you are, if you have just started to read about political economy like me i've been reading about political economy like for one year at max i think there is a lot to read about both when it comes to imperialism and its uh, neo marxist theories etc and specifically to indian colonial economic history and and there is a lot to read about that period did you say royists because <laughs> yeah there was a there was a camp called royists after ml right, right now right now it's after arundhati roy but back then it was ml <laughs> we communists are very creative at naming <laughs> see it, it's like this if you don't like anybody who name all their followers with an ist like you know in the soviet union they were even calling people uh, uh, bukharinists and uh, zionevists and and all sorts of ists so now as soon as you stop liking somebody claim that they have made a separate ideology and add ist to an end so i don't like you kevin all your uh, you know cronies from tomorrow are kevinists so all right so uh, moving on to something else that i uh, found interesting going through the unholy rift he mentions how uh, the communists of the time had this tendency to call uh, ambedkar uh, an imperialist stooge and uh, call the anti caste struggle as divisive to the uh, to the broad based uh, class struggle yeah 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 so so kevin i would say that like this reminds me like of a lot of like uh, sort of dogmatic and vulgar reading of lenin in which a lot of people say that oh lenin said right to self determination is absolute hence it is absolute and we will not even look at the you know the historical materialist context or anything to say that india needed uh, um, uh, you know decolonization because it would help the working class and help end inequities here would have been the correct line i mean i, I agree with the i strongly agree with the like the decolonialist line and the anti imperialist line the indian communists had however to dismiss the concern ambedkar had at that time and essentially call him an imperialist stooge is extremely unmarxist like you could oppose imperialism you could militantly fight against imperialism while also acknowledging that the local uh, power structure is uh, feudal or uh, is going to help local feudal lords and capitalists if if a certain if a certain class of people manage to get state power after after your revolution is over so and and it's not that this is a new thing right like communists have been talking about this like lenin and rosa had like huge debates where they went into the nitty gritties of these things so when you read all of that really sophisticated stuff and then when you see like communists of that era like indian communists of that era during independence calling ambedkar an imperialist too it's a bit too much like i wouldn't like you know give a lot of like i won't even take that seriously because i would be like then like that is like 
so shallow and and you are right that we see a lot of that kind of argumentation today where we see um you know even very obvious uh, problems with uh, red flag countries being dismissed by saying that oh you can't critic them because anything you critic against them becomes imperialist propaganda or something i have strong reservations against that line of argumentation i think it's possible to be a principled anti imperialist while also being a principled marxist in which means that you have to fight against all kinds of oppressions including local oppressions everywhere how you do it how you tactically do it how you how you sort of achieve your anti imperialist ends and also don't allow a uh, part to fall to local hegemons that's where strategy and tactics come but then that strategy and tactics need to be talked about you can't just dismiss away concerns uh, of the marginalized by saying that oh you are being an imperialist too yeah, i i don't like that kind of thinking at all whether it was in that time or whether it's now so yeah and um shallow reasoning brings me to i think my last point about this reading and then we can move on to the uh, other one uh this is not uh not a really serious part of the paper but i was really curious about uh, uh, what he calls vedic socialism which oh then he expounds by going oh into dange's argumentation oh god so you know this is like one of the misfortunes or fortunes of being like you know so i am not from this part of the country as you well know and unfortunately in my self studies of marxism because i also don't come from like a social science pedagogy i come from a science pedagogy so a lot of my readings on indian marxism and indian history of marxism is a bit parochial like i didn't really go deep into what was happening in maharashtra i'm sorry i was just like interested in north india because like you know brain like was born in delhi or whatever so when i started to read about dange few years back and i really encountered these things it's a bit like it's a bit horrible as well as a bit funny and ridiculous so like for yeah. people who have no context as to what we are talking about um sa dange was like a senior leader of the proto communist party who would like form like the maharashtra unit and who would like who ran this magazine called the socialist i believe it was called um he was extremely brahmanical and casteist to put it mildly like uh, even like when he sort of realizes and and starts uh, starts to make like public lines against um casteism and untouchability etc even then he maintains that you know that the caste system had merit that the vedas had these some spiritual brilliance which allows for some uh complement he, he said stuff. he said that varnashram system perfectly matched with marx theory of economic yeah 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 and he's beautiful. not saying all of this in that yeah he's not not just saying all of this in the 20s you have to understand he kept saying horrible shit like this till like the late 50s or even the till he was kicked out right yeah yeah so like he was no even after he was kicked like he was writing some like he he, he i don't know wrote or reviewed some book where 
which had like hindutvadi in it or somebody like i'm not very sure yeah, yeah, yeah. he d- he wrote a book to call introduction to vedanta or something and then he he discussed and from what i remember this book was pretty late into like like it was like not in the 20s not even in the 50s like if you can it's 19 it's 1975 oh god yeah 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 that so my my hunch was correct so yeah so yeah yeah dear audience like um aise dange and there were many such like once i started to read about the trade union movement over here it was a rabbit hole into many interesting things like the, see to to put it very plainly you may call ambedkar a liberal you may disagree with his understanding of class you may disagree with his understanding of marxism but it is 100% truth that at ambedkar's time the communists he interacted with being the communists in this particular industrial area in maharashtra a large part of that communist movement and the trade union movement was incredibly reactionary and infested with well caste ideology and and it would make anybody angry very angry so um so yeah i i like i i i ask people to like really do research into that period especially into the labor movement here and why is it important it's important not just because it's a historical curiosity to understand ambedkar and his politics or to understand why ambedkar and the communists had issues with each other it's not just a historical curiosity i think that these are very very important uh, questions for communists to understand these these uh, help us form better ideological analysis and these also help us form better organizational and uh, sort of strategical analysis of what not to do and what sort of things to watch out for even among our own leadership and even among our own comrades so yeah i think that would be my statement i i think you guys would agree with that right yeah and uh, i i think uh, we should move on to the second paper uh, but before that there's one point i want to mention this is not a question this is somewhat of a fun aside but he talks about how ambedkar observed a fast on the day stalin died yeah, and i, I just want to <laughs> and i just want i don't i don't know how true is that true is that is it true but <laughs> i like is teltunder writing fan fiction at some point we don't know but like yeah exactly so i don't know whether it's true i mean uh, how do we I verify that miss- why do we care about that It's like what personal people did in their personal life let's talk about that's, politics that's the yeah but i i was just going to say that tankies and the conversation about whether tankies are really a thing the same way uh the same way uh, you know cancel culture is a real thing notwithstanding tankies are going to have a field day with it <laughs> so moving on to the next one uh, we have uh, tel tumre's essay about ambedkar ambedkarism and ambedkarites from republic of caste uh, this is a comparatively uh, shorter essay uh, so i think uh, we'll just make do with uh, the uh, summary that anup yeah. provides and yeah yeah uh, go ahead anup actually i mean like it's a fairly straightforward essay it gives 
uh, again, like when you read that essay, please ignore the hectoring tone of Tale Tumde. Does he have this tone in everything he writes? Because uh, there I, is I a hectoring. Yeah. yeah, he does. He I has think. Tone. I've read the book. I have book. read his EPW papers, and he always like he he just seems very angry at everything. So he always has this tone. So so yeah. So dear people, when you read the essay. Uh, the essay is useful as a good summary of ambedkar his movements the ilp what happened after the ilp and the ambedkarites the point which uh, teltumde is making in this essay is that somewhere down the line uh, ambedkarites have sort of uh, or a kind of ambedkarites because i think this is an important thing which teltumde misses and i would have like had he been a bit sharper on this because which ambedkarites like which ambedkarites do the errors he is uh, accusing them of doing because there are some ambedkarite movements which have done those errors others might not have done those errors uh, because ambed because i am not an ambedkarite but from my limited readings of the ambedkarite movement i would be a lot more charitable to to because it's a complex movement of like it would be like me hectoring all communists or all indian communists right i won't do that uh, but like his basic thesis of this essay is that uh, that this is this these are the things which ambedkar believed and did and these are the things certain ambedkarite movements have done and in doing so they have hagiographized ambedkar they have gone away from like the social understanding of the movement and have sort of reduced certain things to uh, tokenism would be the correct word and have also used that tokenism to garner power and, and in in doing so have played into uh, sort of uh, reaction hands have, have played into the right wing's game is basically the thesis of this essay would that be a correct uh, yeah i i also actually uh, want to bring yeah i also actually want to bring out uh, something that i think tejas said when we talked to him last night uh, where he said that a lot of like and i find that especially whenever teltumde is talking about ambedkarites because i think what ends up happening is tejas made this point where he said that you know it's very difficult to be a politician from you know dalit bahujan area because you are continuously negotiating so many different identities and so many different power structures right and i i think in even in right. that line i would just be a bit more charitable in terms of what has happened because he till tumne has this line where he keeps saying that you know what they did they were a uh, quote unquote opportunistic and i'm sure some of them were but to characterize sort of this movement saying ki oh whenever something did someone negotiated politics they were being opportunistic seems a bit uh, i don't know it seems a bit of a stretch and seems bit harsh also 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 it's like okay so there are two things here first like i said that even if somebody or a movement is being opportunistic it makes marxist sense to figure out why they were being opportunistic sometimes that opportunism is also like a you know a, 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 a sort of a compulsions which which edge a movement towards opportunism so like opportunism doesn't end by like morally exhorting people to not be opportunistic right opportunism ends ends by making a better organization and having a better ideological analysis of why opportunism took place so i think it's not just that uh, hectoring of whole movement is kind of uh, 
not very like not not very theoretically sound but i also think that i would like read this get curious about why certain things happened and again like i said the correct way to read tale today is to read the things he's angry about and then try to figure out why those things happen and and to just sort of broad brush those things as opportunism it's not very um, not very useful for one because if you if you don't want to repeat the errors of the past whether you are a communist or an ambedkarite or you are trying some kind of tail tunde like project to like sort of you know have some kind of alliance whatever you do you need to have a like a very materialist analysis of why history happened in a particular way and and in that sense tail tunde's essay on ambedkar ambedkar ambedkarism etc is useful because it points out the rifts it points out where things moved towards a way where they were appropriated by the right wing etc etc but it doesn't talk a lot about the why and i think the why is very useful to investigate i definitely do think though that a similar kind of analysis you know which could in a shoddy manner be called quote unquote opportunism would also be very useful for us to do on like ourselves on on like the left movement as a whole because you know the left also gets accused sometimes of this kind of quote unquote opportunism but it's not really opportunism he, he does it's, it himself right he, uh, yeah he, he does it himself he also, he, he a couple it, times right. about how the communists care more, cared more about the their political ambitions than they did about the lives of the workers yeah but like again like those things don't happen in a vacuum at that time a lot of communists felt rightly so that they were preparing the workers for a revolution and that their task was to like go beyond the trade union movement that the trade union demands were economistic and what ambedkar was not realizing is that the communists were not just focused on the economic plight of the workers but they wanted to transform that economic trade union movement into a political movement did they manage that transformation correctly or not i would say differs from area to area because in certain regions they did manage it very well so the tebhaga movement in bengal for example which like the land movements ambedkar uh, sorry teltum has completely not written about because like they happened in different areas but uh, in the tebhaga movement you have to remember that it started out as a purely economist demand it started out as a demand of reducing the rent but it became a socio political movement a very successful and large socio political movement which we will discuss in the koshambi circle uh, within the history caucus and within uh, indian communist history month which we will do in november where we will go into all these things so so yeah in my final analysis useful essay to know what went wrong especially when you know i think here is a thing which is the most useful part of this essay which teltumde catches quite well where he critiques this idea that just because you will have people of the marginal background in academia in like high position jobs in government jobs doesn't mean that they would help you know they would help the marginalized this is correct now why is this correct this is correct because of the class nature has started to play in this and ambedkar himself had realized that at a later part of his life right very realized that uh, that strategy of inserting people into powerful position that that entryism that that really does not work and and teltumde does mention that into his 
uh, into his essay where he talks about what happens in the academia and what happens in, in the institutions, etc., etc. So, so I think that he does indicate where the answers lie. He indicates them really well, but then he also goes into rhetoric and polemic and he has this hectoring attitude towards like the people who he says have betrayed the movement. And of course, certainly a lot of people did betray the movement and Tel Rumde is completely correct to be angry at those people. But I think it's more interesting to then start off investigating all of these phenomena and then to see like why they happened precisely in the way they happened. Now, just investigating that doesn't give you all the answers. Just that looking at that doesn't tell you what, what would, you know, you can't play alternate history, of course. You can't be like, oh, if this didn't have happened and that happened or something like that. But what you could do is refine your own leftist politics and incorporate that information into future decision making so that, uh, so that you don't fall into, you know, the, uh, the, the traps the, move, the movements fell into is what I would say. Yeah, and uh, in the spirit of, in our spirit of ruthlessly critiquing everything, I think there's something I would like to talk about. Uh, some uh, through my readings of Tail Tumde, I've, I've read a couple of books of him, uh, his, and uh, a few more essays uh, throughout my readings right. of him and my conversations with uh, others about his works. There's uh, some common themes that come out, some common, uh, some common arguments, uh, one of which, like you already mentioned, is uh, hectoring and being angry at the groups that were opportunistic or that betrayed the moment, so to speak. Uh, but like you already said, is, is this really useful? And uh, I, I think at some point, uh, what Tail Tumde writes about also fa falls into this, uh, uh, also follows this pitfall where, where he kind of starts write, writing fan fiction, like you already mentioned. Yes, I, he I, says, I, I, he's, yeah, he, yeah, he says, oh, uh, it, it almost seems like he's insinuating, oh, the Ambedkarites and the communists should have just sat together and talked about it. And we would all have been sitting around the bonfire singing Kumbaya and it would all yeah, have been. Yeah, I think, yeah, he does that. And I have problems with that because not just he does that, he ascribes motivations and evolutions to Ambedkar, which never really happened. Yeah. Like, which is just him saying that this is what Ambedkar would have done. And this is what Ambedkar would have thought. And I'm like, it's, it's like, like those, yeah, it's like those, it's like those, if Marx were alive right now, he would agree with me tweets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is like that. See, I would say that no matter how great a leader is, it's completely politically unhealthy to be so fixated on them and whether they would have validated your politics or not. Sure, Ambedkar was a Fabian state socialist and that implies that he would have had a certain degree of a very small but a certain degree of sympathy towards the Marxist project. But then state socialism, uh, Fabianism, Deweyism has its own major weaknesses, right? Uh, because it, it basically takes the state as the arbiter and thinks that you can achieve class harmony 
by using the state. And we have seen multiple times in history that WIDAR doesn't work. So thinking that Ambedkar would have somehow evolved from that position to essentially a Marxist sympathetic aligned position, I don't know how useful it is to sort of speculate on that. Maybe he would have, maybe he wouldn't have. Like, does it matter? I think also because I think I think the, more than that, the pro problem with ascribing motives is also that the fact that if if anybody has read enough thought of Ambedkar, they know that he he evolved his stances very quickly, right? So as as soon as he will come across something that because again he was a dual, he was a at least he liked to think himself as a pragmatist, right? So as soon as he comes something. Right in front of an evidence that seems contrary to his current position, his current views, or it seems like, oh, this might be a better way actually to go about it. Uh, then he would just change his view and say, okay, oh, because earlier, for example, he was very in favor of constitutionalism. And then he saw that, oh, it's not that working. And then he denounced it himself. So then for such a thinker to then try to be like, oh, you know what he would have done now. Right. You know, he, again, as you said, he would have been a Marxist, he would not have, but that's regardless of the point, because again, he, he, he liked to change his view and he liked to evolve his views very often. And, you know, and he used to denounce those views also that often. So it then just to this project of trying to figure okay, oh, exactly. And again, I think that is a problem on, at least for me, when I see even like, for example, Marxist engaged with it, or for example, tail to bring it, I just have this pro problem with, trying to pin him down to something that will give weightage to your own politics, right? I think that's just yes. slightly it is, unfair. This is a very general. Yeah. In general, I am against this kind of hagiographizing people you like. Like I happen to like a lot of communist figures, right? But then I would be the first person to say that there are grave issues with Rosa Luxemburg's uh, theory of... Uh, the accumulation of capital, uh, her uh, uh, very particular definition of uh, imperialism. I, I have issues with her theory. The problem with liking somebody and then wanting them to basically validate all your politics now when they are dead has often struck me as nice. This is and yeah, and this is uh, this is an almost juvenile tendency that I see around me, especially in. Uh, people my age or younger no, people like, who are just coming into their politics. A, young people thinking like that, I mean, wrong, but all right, understandable. I, I have seen like, uh, like well-established organizers and academics and like people in the late 50s being like, ah, Lenin ne bola tha to sahi bola hoga. Like, like, I would like now that do that. And, and that sort of thing, uh, what would have Lenin done or what would have Ambedkar done? I, what would have Jesus done? Like, yeah, I, 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 I have issues with that. So, so rather than doing all of that, I think the importance of these two pieces of reading is to use them as they are. They, they mention a lot of very curious historical occurrences. They have Teltumde's own interpretation of those occurrences. You may agree or disagree with those interpretations, but those occurrences are all very important. And it's important that Koshambi members uh, investigate those occurrences and try to figure out their own reasoning around them. Please don't read Teltumde uncritically. Please don't read any famous person uncritically. That's not how you should be reading anybody. But do read and these essays are definitely useful. Yeah. All right. On that note, I think we're going to end a last voice note for the cast month. 
uh, we hope all of you will read the readings and further like anupam said uh, and thank you for being here anupam and hardik thanks guys also guys please fill the questions hardik fill the question document because then we won't have anything to discuss if the question document is not filled yes so everybody please fill the question documents and thanks kevin and hardik for having organized these excellent readings this month uh, i think we had a pretty decent month and we'll end it properly and hopefully we'll continue to keep discussing these things in greater detail in the sun. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we'll guys. see you on the meeting in the meeting on Sunday. See you guys in the meeting. Bye. Bye.